0: Welcome to the Inside the Board Study Smarter Series dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed on your
1: exam. Hey everyone, it's Patrick. This is part two and the final in our general surgery section from this USMLE Step to Study Smarter Series. Up next in the Study Smarter Series will be a focus on psychiatry. So stay tuned, tell your friends, and don't forget, If you can leave a rating and a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us out in the rankings and helps us continue to grow the platform.
0: So we have a 37-year-old G2P2 female presenting for evaluation in the clinic following a discovery of a three and a half centimeter span of calcifications in the upper outer quadrant of her left breast. Core needle biopsy reveals ductal carcinoma in situ or DCIS. Which of the following is the next best step in surgical management?
1: Yep, so let's take the answer choices. We have A, a bilateral modified radical mastectomy, B, a left breast lumpectomy followed by radiation, C, a left breast lumpectomy with ipsilateral sentinel lymph node biopsy, or D, left breast mastectomy with contralateral sentinel lymph node biopsy. So on this one, on an exam, I just would have been like, um, because I, I think breast stuff is really confusing, especially at the medical student level. You know, you've got like uh, lobular carcinoma, you've got, uh, you know, DCIS, uh, and, and I'm talking about like things covered in a review book chapter of tumor. These seem to me to get pretty jumbled together. At least they did when I was uh, a medical student studying for, say, general surgery or something like that. So I guess what I'm asking you is just teach us everything we need to know for (laughs) breast stuff uh, at the medical student level.
0: Sure. So there's a lot to unpack in this question to think and to think about. So DCIS, or as some folks will refer to it as stage zero breast cancer, is a non-invasive ductal carcinoma to be contrasted with invasive ductal carcinoma. You can think those two things actually are treated in similar way versus lobular carcinoma in situ, which is not at all treated in a similar way and were thought about in a similar way and lobular carcinoma that is invasive, which is treated sort of like a, a, an invasive ductal cancer. So, so for DCIS, what you're concerned with is that there may in fact be an invasive component because DCIS, unlike LCIS, can become an invasive cancer. That's not to say they all do, but they can become an invasive cancer. Now, remember that LCIS is a marker of higher risk of developing breast cancer, which is actually invasive ductal cancer. And that risk is elevated in both breasts, not just the breast where LCIS is present. So back to comparing and contrasting DCIS with invasive ductal cancer. So DCIS definitely want to excise. So we're looking for an option for excision. uh, And we are thinking about uh, what are those cells going to look like? Well, they're they're confined to one specific location and to the basement. The basement membrane has not been violated. So they, at this point, do not have the ability to spread, unlike an invasive ductal cancer. Whereas an in invasive cancer, you need to both treat the breast with a lumpectomy or some surgical intervention and it evaluate the lymph nodes. Okay. So thinking about the contrast in our management of DCIS and invasive cancer, we are going to treat the breast itself in a similar way in that we're going to excise the primary lesion. However, due to the morbidity associated with even sentinel lymph node biopsy, we are not going to need to assess the axilla for axillary nodal metastasis unless there is proven invasive cancer so we can eliminate any answer choice where they're going to ask us to do a sentinel node because we'd only do that if we have proven invasive cancer so we, yeah, go ahead.
1: no so i was gonna say so is it is it pretty safe then to uh say like if you have uh Uh, Like lobular carcinoma in situ, ductal carcinoma in situ, Um, just basically you don't have to think about uh, the lymph nodes when it comes to treatment at the medical student level.
0: That's right. So um, unless they're telling you you've got both DCIS and invasive cancer, invasive cancer is obviously going to trump the DCIS. Got it. So we're going to eliminate choices C and D here, which ask you to do a sentinel lymph node biopsy. So we're between bilateral modified radical mastectomy and a left breast lumpectomy followed by radiation. And while the choice between these answers may in fact be related to a patient's further risk of developing something and her personal preference, the... Safest answer here is going to do the minimal amount of surgery and treat the uh, lesion by taking the lesion out through a lumpectomy and following that with radiation because as we know, a breast conserving therapy, which is a lumpectomy, must be paired with radiation in order for survival to match that of mastectomy.
1: I did not know that interesting what else? What else can you teach us just in general about? Things we need to know regarding breast disease on, on the boards, like is there do you have a simple formula on how to work up a palpable breast mass um, and to distinguish all the sorts of things in the algorithms related to w- who gets an ultrasound at what age, when uh, our mammography when is that appropriate or
0: yeah, so so one of the reasons I find breast surgery. Exciting is that there is actually quite a bit of controversy in the management of this fairly common uh, disease. So even in thinking about screening mammography, there are three or four different recommendations of when women need to start screening and how often, varying from starting at 40 to starting at 50, having mammograms annually versus having mammograms every other year, stopping them at 70 or 80. So all of these uh, recommendations are out there through reputable societies. And so they're not going to make you on an exam uh, pick between uh, those recommendations. Sure. Now, t- in terms of working up uh, a palpable breast mass or, as we found here, just calcifications on a mammogram, a palpable breast mass should be followed first by a mammogram and typically also by an ultrasound. Uh, mammograms are going to be looking for distortions in the architecture of the breast, looking for calcifications, which are a sign of uh, a problem, whether it be DCIS, invasive cancer, or another problem. Whereas an ultrasound can help distinguish between a cyst or another, uh, a a mass, which is uh, a neoplastic mass, could be malignant or benign. And in fact, biopsy is easiest under ultrasound guidance. So an ultrasound will often follow a mammogram. Note here that we did a core needle biopsy as opposed to fine needle aspiration. It's obviously very important to have architecture for the pathologist to evaluate on uh, these biopsies in order to be able to determine DCIS versus invasive cancer. Because as we've seen, it definitely impacts the surgical management upfront. I think the algorithm that we discussed in this particular question of managing the breast, managing the axilla surgically, uh, followed by radiation if you're doing breast conserving therapy, is certainly something that you're going to see on exams and an and algorithm for treatment to memorize. And I think Felody's tumor is probably the one where you uh, you want to be careful and not just fall back on this particular uh, algorithm, because that's more of a sarcoma uh, rather than a rather than a true breast cancer, and so they don't typically metastasize to nodes. And we're just doing a wide local excision for that, um, rather than uh, evaluating the the axilla.
1: What if I did this? I don't want to say Rorschach, but um, <laughs> if I name a breast disease or term. You respond. I've never done this before. You respond with uh, the associations in your mind that you think students should know. Want to try it? Sure. It's a game. All right. Fibrocystic changes. Uh, breast pain, very common,
0: no surgical intervention.
1: Got it. Uh, introductal papilloma.
0: Bloody nipple discharge, excision.
1: Fibroadenoma.
0: Rubbery, young patients mobile round and smooth excision versus not it's up in the air <laughs>
1: okay that's a uh, that's less satisfying um aren't aren't Philotes tumors um kind of like fibroadenomas
0: they they can present similarly to to fibroadenomas uh, they're they're sort of pathologically look like Fibrous lesions, fibrous neoplastic lesions, and and sometimes actually there are pathologists who give a report that they don't know the difference whether something is a fibroadenoma or a tumor, and in that we we actually surveil the patients uh, and and make sure they're not growing, or sometimes just elect to resect them.
1: Okay, cool. I don't know. I'm out. I can't think of other. Um... Useful things to talk about uh, without getting too complicated. Cause, like, we could go into like BRCA and prophylactic mastectomies. And, you know, this is probably sufficient for the medical student quick review while they're in the car driving.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: That's all we got for today. We'll be back next time with even more from our Study Smarter series. And don't forget about the main ITB podcast channel. Our current series is with Dr. Chris Semino, the VP of Kaplan Medical and their chief medical officer inside the USMLE, all about the test writing process, how questions are constructed, and everything you'd want to know about how exam questions are created and actually placed on the exams.